Yes, little known fact, we have our own slingshot ride here on campus. Uh, <clears throat> you'll have to join us sometime for that, yeah. So let me ask you a question. How many, how many of you love to go on roller coasters? Ooh, a bunch of, how many of you are like, no, I don't like to go on roller coasters? Oh, <laughs> a bunch of you. Okay, now, out of you who like don't li like to go on roller coasters, how many of you have ever had a moment where you had friends or family and they drug you onto some roller coaster? You done? Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, and then when you got off, and and I'm sure that they were like, I promise it'll be wonderful. You'll love it. And then when you got off, were you like, oh, that was wonderful. It completely changed my whole perspective on roller coasters. No, you were like, I knew that was a bad idea. Why did I get on that ride with him, right? Because that's not who I am. Well, um, you know, when you think about this idea, right, of uh, a roller coaster or the ride, it also, right, it makes this great metaphor uh, for relationships in life. Um, you've probably heard the phrase, right, just because somebody's on a roller coaster doesn't mean you have to ride, right? Uh, and the whole idea behind that is just because they've gotten on some roller coaster in life, you know, filled with drama or chaos or, you know, relational tension or whatever it is, it's like, why do you have to get on that same ride with them? But the reality is, so often, we get pulled onto that ride. We get pulled into, right, their chaos or their tension or drama or whatever it is that's going on. And maybe for some of you, uh, the ride looks like um, just like frustration at work. Maybe there's, maybe there's that person at work and they come in and there's just like how they see it. It's all negative and they start gossiping and they start talking about it. And then the next thing you know, you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, I just, and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. Now I'm pulled into gossiping about this or talking about this and being all negative. And, I, and you're just like, you know, this next year, I'd love to not go to that place, right? Or maybe you have found yourself like in that spot where it's like, man, I think, I think in my dating life, I've found the person, like they're the person. But like, I have found the person like three times last year and it never ended well. And now I've got these doubts about it happening now. And there's this thing that I keep like, uh, why does I, why do I keep getting pulled into this chaos where I meet the perfect person and then it all gets weird and goes south, right? And you just be like, I I'd love to just not go through all of that this next year. Or uh, maybe you're just fatigued because there's like a family member and it's like drama and emergencies and urgencies, uh, urgency just follows them wherever they go, right? And you love them and you wanna be helpful or supportive. And it just seems like uh, there's always this one-time thing that I'm gonna step in and help them with. It's just, they have so many one-time things. It just feels like my whole year got lost in that. I, you know, and you think about, and I, you probably haven't thought about this at all, right? But you know, this next year could be a year for a lot of us that could have some roller coaster tendencies to it, couldn't it? Right? Like there's just a lot going on. And the whole reason we're doing this series is because just feeling all of that, it's like, what would it be like if we could just enter into this next year and find a way to just not get on that ride, at least not as often, that we don't wanna be on. 
Because maybe you're looking at this next year and it's just like, you know, I think God's got some things that he's pulling me toward. Have you ever noticed this? Sometimes when we get pulled onto that ride we don't wanna go on, it, you look back and you realize it kept me from spending more time in the, in the places and in the relationships and venues and the things where I think God was actually leading me. And wouldn't you love to have a year where you come back and you just feel like I spent more time connected with what God was leading me in than some wild rides with some other things or people that I didn't want to go on. So that's what this series is all about. But I want to start off the series. And I think one of the things that will help us say no to the ride, not get on the ride, is understanding that our mindset becomes really important. And I was cued into this uh, years ago. I heard a, uh, it was a leadership talk actually by a Christian author and psychologist by the name of Dr. Henry Cloud. And he just, he pointed out this whole idea that we make these assumptions when we're, when we're relating to others in situations where we make an assumption about a mindset that maybe somebody else is in that is the same as ours and it's not, or we miss the real mindset that we're in. And what I wanna say is, and I just, I wanna play off of his idea a little bit, but what we need is wisdom. Like how do I enfold God's wisdom in my life? Because that's what we need to stay off that ride. Um, and the book of Proverbs is a book dedicated uh, to understanding wisdom. And so this morning, we're gonna spend our whole time in the book of Proverbs and we're gonna be all over the place in Proverbs. So um, even if you don't have time to turn to every single verse uh, that I throw out there, we're gonna put the verses uh, on the screen so that you can follow along. And Proverbs does this really interesting thing. It, it talks about all these different groups of people, but what it's describing are different approaches to life, different mindsets to life. And there's a bunch of them in Proverbs, but I want to focus on three this morning. Um, two of them are mindsets that will always try and pull us toward getting on the right. But there's one that has a way of helping us stay off the ride. So I wanna talk about these three mindsets uh, here uh, this morning. So that makes sense, what we're gonna do? We're gonna, we're gonna walk through these three things. So um, the first one, the first one that I wanna uh, look at, and oftentimes if you've ever read the book of Proverbs, it talks a lot about the fool or the foolish. And so I want you to think about this idea um, of the foolish. And when we think about this, I want you to think about, if we think about it in the state of mind, there's one way to think about this. I had someone suggest this to me years ago, and it's just like, so, you know, Glenn, when you're in your foolish mind, you know, versus some other state of mind, like, how does that go? And so I want you to think about it in that way. Like in my foolish mind, right? Uh, what is Proverbs uh, saying to me? And just a note here, it's not talking about your IQ. It's not talking about how smart you are with empirical data and problem solving and this sort of thing. That's how we tend to think of it. I want you to actually look at some of the descriptors that Proverbs gives, that gives us an understanding of what it is when we're operating out of our foolish mind 
Or if we're trying to interact with someone else, and what if they're in their foolish mind in that moment, and we're assuming that they're not? Because that makes a difference in this. So here's, here's what Proverbs said. The first one, and, I, and I'll give you the verse here in a second. The first thing about uh, when we're in our foolish mind is where there's something about us, we're closed. We're closed, Right? We're not trying to take in new information. We're not trying to learn. This is what it says in Proverbs chapter one. Very first chapter starts off this way. It says halfway through verse seven, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. They're not looking to learn something new or understand uh, life better. And, you know, a lot of these you can apply to reality. Um, how, how does, when we're in our foolish mind, how do, we, how do we respond to reality? How do we respond to truth? When the light comes our way, it's like, no, nah, I don't want to be open to that, right? I'm closed uh, to that. Um, uh, have you ever heard uh, this saying? Like, we've got a great way to describe this. Um, be, it's... Think of your, yourself in a conversation and you're trying to explain something to somebody and we have this saying, in one ear and out the other ear. Yeah, it, it's like when someone's in their foolish mind, you can be speaking to them, you can have eye contact, they can hear the words, but they're not listening because it goes in one ear and out the other ear. So let me ask you, ever have a moment where you were trying to have a really important conversation with someone, right? And you had that eye contact and you could tell they were hearing every word, but you could also tell like just from their nonverbals and stuff. And you're just thinking they're not listening, right? They're, they're, <laughs> they're thinking about something else or they just don't, care, right? Ever have that conversation? Was that a fun conversation? Right? Probably not. It's probably like frustrating. Some of you parents, you're probably like, oh my gosh, I've had this. Com yeah. But the truth is, right? Teenagers, you probably feel like I've had this conversation with my parents. They're just like, oh no. But back in my day, and it's just like, you're not open to like the real world today or something like, and like we can all get caught in a moment where we're operating out of our foolish mind. And Proverbs says one of the, th one of the things, one of the markers or traits of that is you're closed. Like you're not open to new insight. You're not desiring uh, to learn. The other trait that you see with this, and the way I'm going to put it is uh, you tend to dig in, right? You dig in with your view, your belief about it, whatever it is. Um, Proverbs uh, chapter 12 says uh, this, two verses, 15 and 16. It starts off 15. The way of fools seem right to them, but the wise listen to advice, right? The point is fools aren't really listening to advice because the foolish, they dig in. Uh, this is what seems right to me. I don't need to consider anything else. This is just right. I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to my guns. I'm going to dig in uh, on this uh, thing. Uh, and it goes on. I love verse 16 where it describes, it says, fools show their annoyance at once, right? It's just like, I don't want to change. I don't need to change. In fact, part of what happens uh, when we're in our foolish mindset is uh, we may be hearing facts, but there's this interesting thing. You can hear the facts but you can start reworking the facts, right? Because you can dig in in a way. 
I'll just rework the facts you're giving me to try and prove my point, right? And the truth is, there's no consideration for really trying to understand reality. It's just, I'm going to rework the facts to try and validate what I want reality to be. Uh, Kind of a funny story about a guy, uh, he was the owner of a dog food company, and he had come out with a new flavor of dog food and he was all excited about it. So he got his, uh, his, um, the marketing director and the sales team and he's like, I want you to go out and I'm just like, we're gonna push this one really hard. First quarter comes around and the sales for this new dog food flavor just like didn't go very well. And so he was upset and he's like, I'm, he fires the marketing director and he hires a new marketing director. And he's like, okay, I want you guys go out and go like, like get on the stick. I want you to do the work, sell the second quarter comes around and uh, the sales get even worse. And he's so frustrated. He fires all of the salespeople, fires the marketing director, hires all new people. He's like, get out there. Like, this is the best dog food ever. Like, just like, get out there and do this. Third quarter rolls around. Sales are still just doing terrible. And he's so frustrated and he's ready to fire the the marketing director and the sales team again. And uh, uh, this guy in the back of the office uh, speaks up and he goes, sir, the dogs just don't like it. (laughs) It's just like, you know, like, that's like, you know, when, when someone is in a foolish mindset, right, facts are just something they use to try and, and push their belief. They're not really open to trying to learn and understand, right? And we can find ourselves in this easier than we realize. And when we're dealing with someone else, if we don't realize they're in that place, right, it, it, it's probably not going to work very well. In fact, we can find ourselves in that place if we're not aware. Um, I was in a conversation with someone uh, that I know well, care about a ton, and there was a disagreement we had over something. And I remember just thinking, like, I, man, like, I had so disagree with him on this point. And as we were going through it, without realizing it, uh, when he was talking and making his point, and I felt like, you know, like you're being, you know, you're, you know, there's a, I can't believe you would believe that or whatever. And instead of trying to, to really consider more what he was saying and talking about, I found myself using that as just a nice lull in which I could think about how I would counter what he was saying, right? So I, I was really just kind of being closed and dug in and trying to figure out, okay, like now, how am I going to come back in this thing, right? Because I'm going to argue my point and I want to like, and I want to, you know, push forward on this. And, and it was interesting, it, like all of a sudden, like I caught myself and I was like, wait a minute, I this is not who I want to be because I, I like, that's only going to invite a certain res- response from him. Right. And he's only inviting a certain response from me like this. We're going to get on a ride that the reality is I don't want to be on this ride. Ever have that happen? See, and, and part of what Proverbs is trying to say here in this moment is, um, be aware that if you find yourself being closed off, right, digging in, reworking the facts just to prove, then maybe you're, maybe you're processing all of this out of your foolish mind. And friends, when we're in our foolish mind, man, we will end up getting on some roller coaster we don't want to be on so fast. 
We will end up in the middle of the drama of a disagreement over something. We will end up in the middle of the drama of some, you know, issue in the family and we've got to go solve this or that. And, and it's because, right, we're, we're operating out of that foolish mind. Now, um, there's some other mindsets uh, in this and maybe one we don't think about. So Proverbs talks about, uh, you know, like sluggards and it talks about evil or whatever. But another one that it talks a lot about are uh, mockers, mockers. Um, sometimes, uh, a lot of you in your Bible, it may be translated like scoffer or something. But when you think about a mocker, uh, don't think about it as just, you know, they're saying, they're making mocking statements, okay? It's, it's much more than that. And again, when you go through Proverbs, it gives descriptors of this. And when you think about it, think about it in that like uh, mocker mindset, right? When I'm in my mocker mind, like what's going on? And here are a couple of the things that Proverbs uh, points out in this. One, one trait is uh, you're going to see some arrogance. Because it's not just that I'm closed to other thoughts and ideas. It's that I'm gonna hold on to my beliefs about this and I'm just going to be right. And arrogance goes another step where, and it's like, and if you don't agree with me, what kind of person are you? What like, it's, we start looking down on anyone who has a different thought or idea uh, about this. If they disagree with this, it's like we feel the right uh, to like, uh, belittle them a little bit, to look down on them in a moment. Ever, ever in a conversation and you're trying to talk through an issue and you subtly begin to pick up that the person's comments have a kind of, let's say, sarcasm that's belittling any thoughts that you have on the issue. Ever have that happen? How'd that feel? Not very good, Right? What's that doing in that moment? It's creating drama. It's creating relational tension. It's, it's pulling you. It's them getting on the ride and trying to pull you on a ride, right? You're making it about something more than the issue. You, you've made it personal. You've made it a character issue in some way. You're mocking them in, uh, in some way in all of this. Here, here's what Proverbs says about this. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 24 says, the proud uh, and arrogant person, um, mocker is his name, right? So this is the trait that, you know, that label mocker, it's, there's a kind of pride and arrogance with it. And this is what uh, I find fascinating. It says this, mocker is his name, uh, behaves with insolent fury. I want you to think about that for just a second. Insolent, to have insolence, it's, it is to say, I, I know better than you. Like, you, you're like, I, I can look down on you for not agreeing with me in this. I have the right to belittle you in this. And with fury, in other words, with fury, it's, uh, I, I, get, I get to consider you less than. I don't need to consider what you have to say. And they just dig in, right? That's that, when, when I'm 
acting that way. That's, that's my mocker mind. I'm, I'm living out of my mocker mind. Um, the other thing uh, that it points out uh, worth seeing here is this idea of control. Because if I'm right um, and your opinion doesn't count, right? That's the arrogance. Then I have the right to, to try and change you and control you, not work through this relationally and, and have a discussion where we might or might not change our beliefs. This is, I, I get to push on this with fury in some way uh, that is all about control. Um, Proverbs 29 says this, right? Mockers stir up a city but the wise turn away anger, right? There's something about the wise, like they actually push uh, anger and hurt away. But mocker, they actually stir it up in this. And here's why. They feel the right uh, in all of this uh, to try and control. They feel the right uh, to try and gin up everyone feeling like they've got to pick a side in this. Ever have a moment where, let's say in your family, there's like, there's something that happened and like everyone in the family's like trying to navigate, you know, what occurred. And there's someone that maybe calls you up or begins texting you, but the way they talk to you about it, it's, it's like, oh my gosh, I, like, am, am I on, you know, my sister's side or am I my brother's side? And it's, and the person talking to you frames everything out so that you end up feeling like, like you're pulled to a pole, like you're pulled to a side. And that's because they, they stir everything up. They create the tension that is like, you got to be on the right side. They make, and that's, and that's a ride. And there's so many times we're just like, man, I like, I don't want to be in that place. But if you engage with a mocker and don't realize it, the next thing you know, out of fear and tension and worry that gets ginned up, it's, it's like, you feel like they're against me. I've got to be against them. I'm on this person's side and not that person. Ever feel like you've got to pick sides in your family? No one likes that. But this is what's happening uh, with it. Um, so the question is, what do we do about this? Right? Because there are these, these two attributes that they give. And this is where I want to talk about a third, a third mindset um, that Proverbs walks it. And I kind of alluded to it. We saw it in that one passage and it's the wise, the wise. Um, and when you think about wise again, as a mindset, what's it like when you're in your wise mind, right? When you're operating out of the best of who God has made you to be, right? Your wise mind. Um, and again, this is not a description of, of your IQ um, or how intelligent. There's, there's some other descriptors that are given uh, in this. And the first one that I want to cover is this. Um, the person in their wise mind is open. Um, Proverbs 9.9 9 says this. Uh, Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Yeah, why? Because he or she's open. They're gonna, like, they're open. They'll consider what's being said uh, in this. And uh, more than that, uh, an, another trait of the wise mind is they grow. 
because they'll take the information in, they'll consider what's being said. And then they're like, maybe I need to adjust. Maybe there's something there that's accurate or true. Maybe like I'll make a change. I'll grow some. Uh, Proverbs 1, 5 says this, let, uh, let the wise hear and increase learning and the one who understands obtain guidance. When we're operating in our wise mind, we're going to grow because there'll be guidance that we can take on. Now, uh, does that mean that in your wise mind, whatever is said to you, whatever is suggested, if someone says, hey, here, I want you to know this, that you automatically just do whatever is said to you or taught to you? No, no. Uh, you don't find that anywhere in Proverbs. But what you find is they'll consider it. They'll think about it. They're not going to let their fears or insecurities um, keep them from considering what might be true or accurate or how they could grow. The reality is um, uh, the mocker, part of the reason that they dig in with their uh, arrogance and seek control is because they're, those are the moments they or us, right? If, if we're going to be humble and honest and say, you know, sometimes we all do this. It's be, there's something we feel threatened by and I don't want to face it. So I'd rather be a little arrogant and try and control it than actually be open to it. This is the wise uh, person uh, in this. Uh, Proverbs twelve fifteen says, but the wise listen to advice. They don't just hear it. They listen to it. So as you think about these three states of mind and you think about how often we get pulled into moments of drama or moments relationally that just seem out of control uh, that we don't want to be in, this is where this becomes important for a couple of reasons. One, being aware of where we are is important because this one, this one will help us stay off the ride. But here's the other one that I want you to understand. When we're engaging with others relationally, if we don't understand that maybe they're in one of these places, uh, it, it changes how you interact with that other person, how you interact with the situation. And just being aware that maybe that person is coming from a different mindset in that moment will change how you interact with them. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about uh, how to apply uh, this. And let's just start with a really easy one. The wise mind, right? Let's say there's some issue. Maybe it's an issue of disagreement. It's like whatever it is. And you're engaging with someone. And you realize, you know, they're in their wise mind. And you know what I'll say? Great. Go for it. It's easy. You know why? Because you can talk to someone in their wise mind, right? Because they're open. They'll listen to you. They'll consider what you have to say, right? And if there's a change, they need, like they'll, they'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll consider it. Like, it's easy to talk with them. Um, but we don't have to worry about that too much because that's easy. So let's just skip to the ones where it gets hard that we've got to be aware of. So let's talk about the foolish mind uh, for a second. Um, you know, when we talk about, when we're talking with or engaging someone that's in the foolish mind, it's understanding how interacting with this mindset becomes important. And um, this week, as we were talking about this on staff, Stacy made a really good observation in this. She said, you know, Glenn, hearing you describe, you know, the fool, and we were looking at some other passages on it, whatever. She goes, it's just like describing a toddler. 
That's like, you know, that's just, so when we're in our foolish mind, it's like we've reverted back to when we were a toddler. And you think about working with a toddler, right? I remember when my daughter, uh, Colette, was uh, a toddler. She had this thing with seams in her socks. All of a sudden, one day, she's throwing this fit and she's talking about, there's something wrong with my shoe and my sock. And I'm like, what's going on? She's, you know, like, it was like, just, you know, bedlam. And there was like some emergency and I'm pulling off of her, you know, pulling her shoe off. And I'm thinking, you know, there's going to be cactus or shoes hurt. And she's like, "Mm." And she grabs the seam on her sock and she's like, I don't like that. There's something wrong with that. And I'm like, oh no, honey. And so I, right, I'm like, I'll just engage her as if she's open and considering everything that her dad would say and that she would desire to grow about her wisdom of seams in socks. And so I explained to her, there's nothing wrong with your sock. It just has a seam and seams are supposed to be there. How many of you think that solved it? Yeah. And my little three-year-old is like, oh, thanks, daddy. Yeah. No, just, and it went on and I kept, and so then, you know, and I keep trying to engage it in this really rational way. I know here, I'll trim the seam lower. And I kept trimming the seam and I kept trimming until it was just a hole because I cut through all the threads and there's just, and her toes were sticking out of the end. I put tape over the seam. I looked over the internet. I looked in every store I could find. Is there not someone who sells children's socks with no seams and there were none. And I'm sure if someone has invented them by now, they're a millionaire because there's like toddlers out there. But here's the thing, right? Um, you're not going to engage, right? A, uh, you know, a toddler with just like nice rational thought, assuming that they're going to be open. And there's going to be moments where uh, we will find ourselves, uh, you know, reverting back into kind of a foolish mind. And that's where we've got to say, you know what, I, I, I need to be more grown up about this. But you'll also have moments where there's going to be someone you're working with, right? And they're going to be more uh, in that mindset uh, in this. Um, and so Proverbs has some great advice for how to interact with these two. And I want to, and, and I want to look at this one for just a second here. So when we think about like, okay, how do I engage someone who's being closed and dug in, you know, you think about the situation that you're in, whether it's at work or a friend that keeps pulling you into their drama or problems, or maybe it's like a political conversation that keeps happening in the middle of family gatherings. And it's just like, what do I do? At the heart of it, what Proverbs is saying is you've got to change the conversation. You can't keep having a conversation as if you're talking to someone in their wise mind, right? To just be rational and calm and assume that you like that you can have an an exchange of thoughts out of openness, not going to happen. So here's, here's what it has to say about how to change that conversation. The first thing is this pivot away from debating and convincing right? Just don't try to have the conversation where you're going to enter in that debate and convince them of, you know, of why you're right uh, in this. Uh, Proverbs 26, four says, do not, right? Catch this. Do not answer a fool according to his folly or you yourself will be just like him. 
Because here's the point, right? If, if there's a kind of, I'll put it this way. There's a kind of vigorous discussion you can have if you're in your wise mind and someone else is in their wise mind, right? You, you, you can have that kind of vigorous discussion. And if you're both in your wise mind, it can go well. You can talk about the facts, not, not make it personal. Uh, be open and thinking about it. Uh, be okay with the fact that maybe you all don't agree uh, on this. Maybe never will. But if you're trying to have that same conversation with someone who's in their foolish mind, I promise you, right? The way they will keep coming at, the way they're going to dig in will keep inviting you to be more closed and to dig in, to not think about what they're saying. Instead, use that as the lull in which you're going to think about how you're going to counter to what they say. And what Proverbs is saying is pivot off of that because here's what happens. You go from being in your wise mind to your foolish mind. And guess what? You're back on the ride. Right? You get two people trying to debate something out and they're both in their foolish mind. You're on the ride. Okay? So pivot away from that. Uh, but this is what I love about Proverbs is now it flips it around and it gives us this idea of what to pivot it to. So verse five almost feels like a contradiction to verse four because verse four says, do not answer a fool according to their folly. Look at how verse five opens up. Answer a fool according to his folly. And you're like, What? But it goes on, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. And, and what, what the passage is trying to do here is it's saying, listen, don't, don't engage in the conversation with the fool in a way that just makes you behave like them. Instead, engage with them in a way that actually gets to what they're not wise about. Get to the deeper issue. Get to the more important issue in this. So this is how I would put this. So the second part is uh, talk about the relational issue or pattern that's going on. Get to the thing behind the thing. Get to the thing that's more important, which is about the relationship or maybe the reoccurring pattern. And uh, can I say this as well, that I think this is important. Um, when you do that, don't make the point that I'm going to pivot off of debating so that I can now fix my friend who's the fool, right? And if you identify them as like, I think they're in a foolish mindset, don't open up the discussion with, so I just need you to know I'm in a wise mindset right now and you're in a foolish mindset. And so I'm going to talk to you a little differently, right? Don't do that, right? Because <laughs> that's not going to work. Because Proverbs isn't asking you to fix them. So you don't even need to talk about that. You can just let that be a little secret between you and Jesus right in that moment, okay? Just my friend's in a foolish mindset right now. So I'm not going to try and debate them. I'm going to actually talk about what's more important, what's relational. I, I wonder if I can talk in a way that actually gets to the wisdom of what we really need to be talking about. Let me give you a couple examples of that. One might be... Um, Oh, and by the way, this is where uh, I, I just encourage all of us, myself included. This is where you get soft and caring, right? Th this, is, this is where let your compassion flow in these moments as you talk about this. And maybe, let's say, maybe it's a friend who, um, you know, 
they are so excited about this person that they've been dating. They've had all of three dates and they're like, we've already had three dates and it's gone so well. I think this is the person. This is the person for the rest of my life, right? And you're like, yeah, but you had three of these people last year, right? And three dates, three dates, maybe two hours a piece. That's not even a whole working day, right? You got six hours. You're, you're, you're choosing the person for your life and you've been with them all of like not even a full working day, like six hours. Like, uh, instead of right, trying to engage that because here's how that's gone, right? They come and they ask me, what do you think about this person? And I say, I think you're going too fast. And they're like, oh, I'm mad at you because like, you're just, you don't want me to find real love. You're just a downer. You, and you get mad at me. But then if I don't talk about it, then it all goes bad in a few weeks. And you come back to me and you're like, what kind of friend are you? You, you didn't say anything to me. You let me rush in there. And I asked you about it and you were just, why didn't you help me? And you're just like, man, you're mad at me no matter what I do. Right. Don't have that conversation. Here's the conversation you can have, right? Here's the wisdom. Have the conversation that says, hey, in our relationship, I don't want to talk about that problem. I want to talk about the problem that we can't talk about the problem. I want to talk about why is it that, that when we, like, there's another problem that, that you're not hearing me in this, that I care about you, right? I want to talk about that problem in this. Or maybe it comes down to the thing where there's that, you know, with a family member or a good friend, there's that tension. Maybe, you know, like it's politics and you keep finding yourself going to that discussion about politics and it slowly, you know, you both know how to just slowly ramp it up until it becomes a heated thing that dominates and you're on that roller coaster and you're just like, I don't know how to take it another place in this. Well, Maybe, maybe there's the problem behind the problem. Maybe there's the pattern you need to talk about. I want to go back to, remember I told you I was in a conversation and I realized in the midst of that conversation, I, I'm, I'm thinking and operating out of my foolish mind. And for me, it was like, okay, how do I engage my wise mind? How do I come in touch with Christ who is in me? And, and it was like, it's the relationship. I need to speak to the real, because that matters more than the topic that we disagreed about. Now, I re-engaged it through these three questions that I actually asked and discussed uh, with this uh, person um, in the midst of this conversation. And I've actually used these three questions multiple times before. and, And you could probably use these same three questions in a multitude of different issues or whatever. And you don't have to, if you don't want to, but let me give them to you here. So when I've realized it and I was like, okay, God, help me, help me get back into my wise mind. Help me pivot this conversation to something positive. So here's the first question I asked. I said, hey, so do you think, do you think there's any chance that I could say something point out some fact, make some unique uh, argument that would change your mind or your belief on this? He's like, no, you're probably right. Second question. And I literally asked this guy, I said, what do you think the chances are that you are going to change me on this? 
us? What, what do you think? What are the chances are you th- that you really think you could convince me that I'm wrong and that I'll agree with you? And he laughed. Ally goes, yeah, no, no. Because, you know, you're kind of stuck and dug in, right? He didn't say that, but, right? No. So third question was, so if neither one of us believe we're going to change the, the other person on this, how can we move forward relationally without trying to change each other? Like, how, how can we just let the other person, because we're not going to change him, love to, but we're not. How do we move forward on that? And it just changed the whole tenor of the discussion, because now just giving up arguing about the thing that mattered less and got to focus on some ways that actually bring us together, that we have commonality on, that we both care about in there. And that's just coming from a place of understanding, right? Who am I engaging in all of this? Okay, last one real quick. And this is what happens when um, you're, you're trying to engage someone, you know, and you think maybe they're in that mocker uh, mindset in this. Uh, it's interesting what Proverbs has to say about this. Proverbs uh, chapter nine, verse eight, uh, it it says this. Here's the advice it gives us. It says, do not rebuke mockers or they'll hate you. Rebuke the wise and they'll love you because the wise person is open and they'll change. But notice it says, you know what, with mockers, like if they're in that place, maybe, maybe, and here's the thing, sometimes changing the conversation looks like not having a conversation. Sometimes it's just to back off. Even if they think they've won the, the, the debate, like don't even try to explain that to them. Sometimes it's just saying, you know what? For, for what's best for us, I'm not even going to go there right now. Like if we're going to, if we're going to keep dialoguing, whatever, I'm not going to go to that place in there because that's what's best for the relationship in those moments. Um, and it's understanding that so often when we engage this, if, it, if we keep trying to treat one of these two, like we're in a conversation with someone who's open and wants to grow, it inevitably keeps pulling on us in ways that we become more like this. We become more of what we don't wanna be. So maybe in this next year, the thing that we can all do is one, like recognize all of these. But the other thing is to keep coming back and saying, okay, God, help me. Help me in my relationships with close friends, friends, acquaintances, family, whoever it is. Help me to keep coming back to understand how I can operate more and more out of my wise mind and engage people in a way that is more loving and kind, that fits where they are, but keeps focusing on what's most important. And what you might find is in this next year, you don't go on as many rides that you don't want to be on in the first place. And you might look back on 2024 and go, that was a better year because I wasn't on those crazy rides I didn't want to be on.